Salutations and shit, guys. Uh, D. Carrie here. Um, host of Travel and Shit. Uh, welcome to another episode. Conversation here is more about the experiences and the um, benefits of traveling versus the destination. Um, shit's heavy, y'all. It's been heavy for a while, but it's it's really pretty fucking bad. There are protests in cities across the country. There are protests in cities across the globe at this point. I um I feel a lot. I tend to feel my feelings very uh intensely as it is. So having to be back at work and deal with the grief and the trauma of continuously seeing this man with a knee on his neck is a reminder that my life isn't valued the same way my non-black counterparts' lives are. However, not exactly what this week's episode is going to be about. This week is inspired by a post that was left on the Nomadness Travel Tribe um, Facebook page. They're not Facebook page, but they've got a Facebook group. And the comment was left by Dashaun Hines. I don't know if this is a man or a woman. I don't know the person personally. But, um, and obviously, if you haven't noticed, fuck the announcements at this point. They just feel really a bit inconsequential at this point. Um, and it's more, um, I just want to get into the, the topic at hand. And I would ultimately not like to keep this very long because um, feelings, emotions, I got to get up for work again in the morning and I just can't really sit. I don't want to sit with this pain on my heart for any longer than I have to in a single day. I would just like to go to sleep, start again tomorrow and hope for the best, you know? That being said, I'm hoping to still be able to bring you guys a, I guess this week is more, not, well, call to action in one in one hand, however, also just a call to thought, because this was a really interesting uh, point that was brought up. And the question was, Verbatim, question for the tribe. Did Marcus Garvey have the right idea or do you stay and fight for the country that became our home? A lot of comments on it, a lot of comments. At this point, it's already 176 and it was only posted um, yesterday. So it hasn't even been uh, 48 hours. And I have a few thoughts on it. I have 
written them down. So a couple of quick points. For one, actually, let me go back. I actually pulled up a couple of resources for you guys so that as opposed to me doing my long, drawn out, trying to explain things, it's a lot faster if I can just read you um, the definition. So where is it? Garveyism. Essentially, the ideology of Garveyism centers on the unification and empowerment of African-American men, women, and children under the banner of their collective African descent and the repatriation of African slave descendants and prophets to the African continent. Um, so in a nutshell, Marcus Garvey wanted black folks to say, fuck all of this integration, let's go back to Africa. Pool all of our resources, take our collective greatness, and go back to the motherland. And after 400 years of slavery and just this country essentially being built off of institutions and systems that have been perpetually designed to disenfranchise people of color and especially black people in America. After a while, it's just like, fuck this, I wanna leave. I've had a number of expats on the, the show to discuss their experiences living abroad. And essentially, I don't think I've spoken to anyone that hasn't loved it. A couple have come back, a couple have gone back abroad um, so some people have come and gone, you know, from the States back to other countries. I don't think I've had anyone that lives in Africa on, Africa's a continent, by the way. Africa is comprised of, I don't know exactly how many, I feel like it's 52, but because of the way that governments operate, it depends on um, when the last count is given, et cetera, et cetera. Are they counted in the UN? Are they not? Are they just a sovereign area? Are they just self-proclaimed a territory? There are a lot of different things that go into borders and all that kind of shit. But the last time I remember checking, I believe that there are 52 countries in Africa. Don't fucking quote me, because I'm not certain. Um, however, that being said, I'm about to Google 52. How many countries are in Africa? 54, I was close. So, um, yeah, stress, just heavy. This shit is just so fucking heavy. It's just, and I'm back at work. So it's one thing, it's, it's grief. It's grief. I'm sad, I'm hurt, I'm frustrated, I'm angry. It, it, and you just have to work. You have to function. All that being said, plenty of different expats have come on and spoken about their experiences moving out of the country. I myself have considered moving out of the country. However, when I was reading this comment, I kind of had to pause and kind of just really think under 
what circumstances would I ultimately leave? Would I let the consistent um, public displays of white people not valuing the humanity of black folks and not facing the same justice that would be placed on a black, and I say justice loosely because no, no, because justice would equate that they are equal in sense justice isn't exactly equal, it's fair if it's done appropriately. We all know that justice isn't always fair. Well, justice should be fair. Justice in and of itself should be, but the way justice is uh, implemented in this society is not always fair. However, would I leave the United States because of the consistent affirmation of this country not appreciating me? Or would I stay? And as many times as I've considered living outside of the country, I think that I've always wanted to live out of the country because the rest of the world interests me. I, I just feel like I love the idea of consistently exploring and seeing all that there is. If you're watching, I'm just plugging in the computer. I love the idea of seeing all that there is to see in the world. I, I would like to imagine myself to be a universally curious person. I just enjoy the pursuit of new information and new experiences. And um, all that being said, I still don't think that I could leave just because of what has been going on consistently because it's not like it's new um i don't know what the fuck they're doing outside so and i'm i'm not gonna get up and close the windows y'all so welcome to south side um but let me pull these notes up Okay, so the first bullet. If I leave, I'm bringing my traumas with me. So where's the benefit? And I think that of the four, that is one of the main, I don't want to say issues I would have, but that is one of my main reasons for pause as to why I wouldn't necessarily just up and leave. I feel like if you, and it's also similar to why, as I'd mentioned in plenty of episodes before, when we use travel as an escape, we're not really escaping because we got to come back. So unless we use tra uh, travel as a way to separate ourselves from, you know, the immediate experience of those traumas to reevaluate our situation, kind of take a breath and 
revisit it with um, new eyes or a fresh perspective, you're essentially coming back to the same problem that you left. And if you haven't spent any time doing um, some type of introspection or doing some type of um, evaluating, the problem that you were traveling to avoid isn't going anywhere. So it's kind of like living in the United States as, um, and mind you, Black people aren't a monolith. One person's voice does not equal all people's voices. Um, So I can only speak to my experience. I'm certain that I'm not the only person that has experienced many of the things that I've experienced. However, I'd be very amiss to say that my opinions are those of all. So I would say it's very stressful to live, I don't know what the right context is, but microaggressions. So for me, part of my experience as a Black woman is kind of always second-guessing or um, not being sure about certain things, right? So when someone tells you, let me think, for example, the classic one, oh, you speak so well, where did you go to school? Stop it. That's an underhanded comment. Oh, well, you're so, uh, it's kind of like when somebody says, oh, you're so pretty for, um, you know, uh, I don't really like girls with natural hair, but you're really pretty. Like you don't have to, you know, devalue someone else to give me a compliment. It's unnecessary. So it's kind of like when you hear comments or when you hear compliments or when you hear certain suggestions, it's kind of like, in the back of your mind, you're wondering, is it a race thing? So like, for example, at work, if I give an instruction for someone to do something and they give me attitude, it's kind of like, okay, so do you just not like taking instructions? Is it an issue because I'm a woman or is it an issue because I'm a black woman? You know what I mean? So other things, um, if somebody says like, uh, oh, calm down. It's just like, why do I have to calm down? Did you tell Becky to calm down when she voiced her when she voiced her opinion? Why is it that I'm being perceived as someone that is anything other than just voicing an opinion? Why does it have to be contextualized with me first having to be calm and then present my opinion? So uh, there, there's a million different ways in which our um, psyches work, where it's just a wonder of. So why are you looking at me? Are you looking at me because you think I'm attractive? Are you looking at me because you are thinking something nefarious? Are you thinking that, like, what is the the story behind why you're looking at me? And by you, I mean, like, um, if um, somebody that's not Black. Because, I mean, granted, you're going to have that experience a lot of times with anybody that's fucking looking at you. But it's a different set of questions that go through your mind when a white person is looking at you. Or, um, but no more examples. So it's kind of like all of those things that weigh on you, all of those um, thought patterns that you experience and go through while you're here in the States, I find that when I travel, I still have them in the back of my mind. So 
when I go abroad and people are looking at me, well, why people are looking at me, I'm thinking, all right, so are you, do I just look American? Uh, Are you just looking at me because like, I'm just, you know, you think I'm attractive or are you looking at me because there's something wrong? Like, is there something on me? Do you like the outfit I had? Like, I'm questioning all of these things. If someone says something to me with an attitude is now it's like, all right, so is this like just your cultural norm or should I now worry about my safety because you feel a way about black people? Do I now have to, you know, look out for other triggers and other little things that I might be, it's like, when I travel, I still look at the world as a black American. So in my mind, if I go anywhere else, I don't know how long it's going to take me to not look at the world as a black American. So until I can like fully work through all of the trauma that I experienced living as a black woman in America, I don't know that I would be able to comfortably live as a black woman in another country. Granted, I don't experience the same type of um, thought patterns when I'm in black communities, when I'm in black spaces. Granted, you may wonder why somebody's looking at you, but you're not worried that they are going to um, necessarily attack you the same way a white person is going to attack you. You're not worried that they're going to um, call the police on you because they're worried that you're stealing something. Or we know all the different fucking reasons why white people call the police on black people. So it's a matter of what your thought process is when you experience different levels of confrontation from different communities. So until you're able to clear that up or to understand fully what is expected or what is, um, what I guess the collective mindset of the community that you so choose to, you know, be a part of, feels or how what the group thing is what the cultural norm of your new community is going to be I really think that a lot of the same uh triggering experiences and a lot of the um same issues that would be had here can easily be had someplace else now if you run if you were to move to um if you were to go back to Africa I still think that and it's another point that I a bullet that I had on my list that there are still so many different cultural norms and um, societal expectations that I don't know that I would necessarily be able to, um, you know, comfortably live under. I know one of the young ladies had commented in the midst of that almost 200 comments that from her experience, and mind you, I've only been to one country in Africa. I've only been to Morocco which is Northern Africa. And if you ask me, that's more Middle East than it is Africa. Um, Granted, it's in Africa. And I'm certain that there are many people there that live there that identify as African. And it is not my intention to um, strip that of them. However, when I want to visit Africa, I want to visit like, my Africa, my Africa. I want to be around people that look like me. And I did not have that experience when I was in Casablanca. Um, That being said, there are some countries that 
still kind of govern their peoples in a, ooh, I don't really know the least offensive way to say it, but that have a lot of, I guess, uh, old school traditions. Uh, it's not okay to be a homosexual in a lot of different countries. It's not okay to be trans in a lot of different countries. It's, there aren't a lot of, some countries um, have or lack women's, um, women's rights and women's freedoms in a lot of different areas. And it's one of those things that a lot of us often joke about, but having first world problems. Um, not that you would necessarily move someplace. Well, it's possible, but I'm not familiar with the terrain over there. So I don't know where the fuck I'd be moving it. You know what I mean? So that adds a whole nother level of stress. So it's like you trade one stress for another stress. And it's kind of one of those things where it's kind of like the devil, you know, both of them might kill you, but it's kind of like, which one do you want to, you know, chance it with? Um, another point was there's racism everywhere. And if it's not racism, you are also going to deal with some type of prejudice. Mind you, the American prejudices here, so many of them are systemic. So many of them are just ingrained into the culture of the country that I'd seen one post where it was saying, um, I know I'm going to fuck it up. It's not verbatim, but it's essentially um, uh, you... Racism is so American that when you protest it, it's viewed as protesting America. You know what I mean? So it's just like, nobody is saying fuck America. We're saying fuck racism. You know what I mean? But it's so ingrained in the culture of this country that when you voice an opinion or you speak out against racism... It's viewed as, well, you don't want to be here. You don't want to live here. And, you know, one of those go back where you came from kind of retorts that someone would throw back at you. So for me, it's kind of like, unless I knew that I was moving to an area that was, I don't know how to put it, um, I guess like prepared for me, if that makes sense, like a mini America someplace else where I would still have the same freedoms that I'm supposed to have here in the United States, um, abroad in this new land, if you will. And I think also I would want a lot of the same comforts. Not a lot. I don't necessarily need all of them. I would just want, you know, like, basic stuff but again that's the minutia of it my other primary concern with the idea of um going back to the ancestral motherland is that my ancestors worked hard for this shit you hear me my mom likes to say she's sixth generation free. Like whenever somebody asks her, oh, where are you from? She'll say, I'm sixth generation free. That makes me seven. My ancestors were slaves. 
I'm very aware that I also have ancestors that once you go past my grandparents start to like come from other countries, but I don't know anything about those cultures, right? I only know of my American culture because I was born here. Both my parents were born here. All of my grandparents were born here. So the only cultural cultural norms my parents or myself have been raised with are American norms. Granted, it's not like my ancestors who were forced over here in the midst of chattel slavery wanted to be here. So is it that I would necessarily be disappointing them or would I be disappointing more so my ancestors who fought for my freedoms in this country during um, post-slavery times? Because I really don't feel like, granted, I kind of feel like, ooh, loaded. So the slaves built this country. They didn't do it because they wanted to. They were forced. It's indeed what slavery is. So I feel like it's kind of like, it's it should be one of those things where it's, that in and of itself is generational wealth. Like when your ancestor works for something, the spoils of their toll, like their, the spoils of their work are to be handed down onto their ancestors, onto their, you know, their lineage, to their, um, there's a word and it's just not clicking right now. But when one generation works, or something it's generally when there is a profit it is left as generational wealth for their um their children their children's children and so forth and so forth to benefit from said labor that's not the case with slavery our ancestors did all that work for nothing and we gain nothing from it either So, that being said, I kind of feel like this country was built on their back, so this is my country. I don't want to feel like I'm running from the, not the stress, I don't want to feel like I'm running from the situation that's here. I don't want to feel like, in any sense, like I would be dishonoring my ancestors and the work that they did, whether as slaves, whether as, um, you know, survivors of Jim Crow, civil rights. I don't want to feel like all the work that they did for me to be able to have the luxuries that I have now for me to have the freedoms that I have, 
don't want them to feel like it was for naught. I don't want them to feel like they did all of that work to leave a legacy that I could live more. Now, granted, I live more comfortably, hands down, in a lot of different ways than a lot of my ancestors did. However, the same way I'm an ancestor of an American, although black, of the 1800s, a lot of the motherfuckers that are causing shit, causing trouble, and, you know, disenfranchising, and just being total fucks to black Americans are descendants of white folks from the 1800s. So the same way I'm an ancestor of someone from the 1800s, a lot of these white people and other people, people of other cultures are descendants of, you know, their ancestors from years ago as well. So, so much shit has been passed down. We're all living better than a lot of them, but at the same time, we're not because there's still so much racial tension in this country. There's still so much ingrained in our justice justice system that it is not just. It is not a system of justice because what, there's another quote. I don't know who said it and I don't know what it is exactly, but essentially if one person is um, robbed of justice, it's an unjust system or some shit like that. So essentially, you you sitting on a chair with three legs. That ass ain't going to last long. So I don't know if I would leave. So the I, I it, and it's funny because I always had the idea that I would at some point live outside of the country. I think I would absolutely live outside of the country for the experience. But I don't know that I would leave the country to leave the racial tension that is going on in the country. I feel like leaving for that reason, in my mind right now, today, early June 2020, feels like I would be walking away from all the hard work that my ancestors put into this country being someplace that I could live, survive, breathe, and prosper in. It is still very possible for me to live, breathe, and survive, but under what conditions? It is, um, I guess this is a tangent, but I absolutely want the media to just stop showing that video and all videos of black people being killed by white people. I understand that it's like, okay, a lot of these videos are the reasons why we're able to get some semblance of justice because of the video evidence that is currently at hand now with the technology that we have. However, I think at this point, it's 
It's unnecessary. I cannot imagine what his family or what Ahmad Avery's family is going through continuously seeing their deaths on TV. I am hurt by it. So I, I can't imagine that at this point, now that we know that it's happened, now that we've seen it, it's it's unnecessary for them to keep playing it so frequently and also so graphically. They, whenever somebody like gets hit by a car, they always stop it at the moment of impact. I would really appreciate at this point if they feel like they need to show the fucking video, they would just blur it out. I don't want to see that anymore. I don't want to see that man's face on the ground. Like I, I it's it's a very um, weird space to be in where I understand that video is necessary because it sparks all of this rage and it sparks all this emotion and that in turn often sets things in motion for there to be some type of retaliation or to be some type of um, you know um, due process in terms of there being justice for these families, but I personally don't, I don't watch videos. I don't, I scroll past all the shit on social media. I don't need it. I don't have to be, I did not, I will not watch my people being killed. You only see this of black people. You don't see white kids getting killed. It's just not something that's done. So, I don't want to leave this as a very sad and depressing episode, even though I'm very sad and depressed and angry about the whole situation. I really just wanted to know or to start the dialogue with my travel and shit peeps here. Would you leave? Would you leave the United States with everything that's going on? Would you leave the country in an attempt to find better? Plenty of people have come to the United States for a better life. I know a lot of my friends are first generation, second generation Americans, and their parents came here for opportunity. And a lot of them have absolutely found it and are absolutely in, you know, great spaces where, you know, they are just doing better than they may have been doing back in their home country. And then there's also often the, I guess you can say, that a lot of people coming from other countries have more support when they come over. And I mean support in terms of um, some of them are able to uh, establish credit or establish um, work with different programs or 
I don't I don't know. It was a comment that I had read and I don't remember who it was and I'm absolutely not scrolling through all those again to find it, but there are oftentimes and then also a lot of times you just have a couple people that are just more in a in a better position to come to the states establish something and then bring others over with them and that's one of the suggestions that was given in the thread where for one we all know not everybody's going right so if you leave are you willing to leave behind a lot of friends and family a lot of us are getting to the age where our parents are aging our grandparents are aging and the way the medical care that they have set up is they're unwilling or unable to just uproot from the established care that they have. So moving to another country for a lot of people just isn't necessarily an option because they don't want to leave behind their families. Um, so for me, my parents aren't old, but they ain't getting younger. You know, I don't, I can't, I, I would not, I don't want to leave my grandparents either. I have a great relationship with them. I have a great relationship with my parents. And although I hop, skip, and jump around the globe and I love traveling, I always come home. I don't know that I would want to permanently distance myself from this country. I've also established... Um, I have a really great home here. I love my little apartment. I was just looking at it before I was recording. Like, damn, can I, like, I don't, I don't know if I see myself living anywhere else. Granted, I know I'm not going to live here for the rest of my life, but it's kind of like, Ooh, what does the rest of my, the rest of my life look like here in the United States or anywhere else? I don't know what the rest of my life is going to um, look like. So it's kind of, it's exciting because you can shape it to be anything you want it to be. But at the same time, it's a little, you know, I personally know that I fear the unknown at times. That's a large reason. That's all the reason why I don't like open ocean because I don't know what the fuck is under there. I can't see what's under there, you know? So for me, the idea of leaving is cute, but I could only do it for a long, short time. I would absolutely only do it if I knew I had the resources to come back home at the drop of a dime, should I need to. Um, so personally, I would live outside of the country for a long, short amount of time, be it six months or six months to a year, and then I would come back. Um I don't know that I would be able to, I would think I would start with six months first, just because I don't think I can go six months without hanging out with my dad. It would drive me fucking crazy or seeing my grandmas. I don't know that I could do that while they're here. Cause I know at some point, if we all go out in age order, I will be without them at some point, but I don't want to be without them now. So I don't know that I am emotionally capable of distancing myself from them while I still have them with me for a long period of time. And that's me. Um, so when it comes to leaving the country, 
I would do it, but not for a long period of time. And I can't say that it would be because of all the injustices that are happening in the country. It would be more for my um, just quenching my curiosity. I just want to see there's so much in the world. And I kind of feel like it's so different to experience things firsthand versus reading about it. I was always a reader. I've always been a reader. I read a lot, a lot when I was a kid. I was never really out. I played outside, but I was more so the kid in a corner with a book, in my room with a book, outside on the back porch with a book. And I've always been really good at hands-on stuff. So if I can tangibly do something, I'm uh, much better. I'm a much faster uh, study. I, I learn things faster when it's something that I can involve my motor skills with. So I think that that's also part of why I enjoy traveling because as opposed to watching things on TV or listening to, you know, music from different countries or, you know, cuisines and stuff, I'd rather just go do it myself. I'd rather taste it for myself. I'd rather hear it for myself. I'd rather experience the movements for myself. And I'd rather see and feel and be amongst the people for myself to learn and ingest that information um, in a way that I've learned for myself just works better for me. So I'm curious to hear what some of you guys' thoughts are. So absolutely leave them in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube and uh, drop them in social media. Send me an email, call me, text me, whatever. And I absolutely am not finishing this episode without offering resources to my listeners for many of you to to do something. Everybody is, you know, comfortable with different levels of activism. Everyone is comfortable with different levels of discourse. I know. I am not the teacher when it comes to white people and their misinformation and their ignorance. I don't personally think that I have the wealth of information. I don't think that I've retained enough factual information to combat a lot of the inaccuracies that I hear so many people bring up. When I hear something that I know is wrong, I can speak up on it, and I often do. But I feel like if I can't come back at you with facts and like a bibliography, I don't... I know that the way that I communicate, I like to have a scope of reference. So I tend to speak from my experience. So whenever there is an instance when I can speak up and put my foot on something that I know to be wrong, I can voice it, but then I feel so much better when I have backup to the information that I'm giving. Um, I also just don't have the patience for um, educating the masses. 
the same books that I would read to better acclimate myself with all of those factual pieces of information that I would refute other people with their inaccuracies with. Y'all motherfuckers can read that shit too. Y'all niggas go read a book. Why do I have to read all the books so that I can fill you in with the information? Why do I have to do the work like my fucking ancestors so that you guys get to benefit from the spoils? That's not me. However, I am a lover. I am a nurturer. But I would prefer to use my talents on my people. So I go out of my way to show love to my people, to be of aid and of assistance to my people. And that is a small joy that I find, especially in the workplace, where if I'm able to address my community in a warmer and a more loving tone, I absolutely 100% every single time do. And I reach out to my friends. I check out on my friends. I check in on my friends, not check out. Um, Well, I check out on some of y'all too. Sorry, but sometimes you just got to detach. But I say all that to say, I know from this experience, because this is essentially the civil rights era, I can't even say 2.0 because it's kind of like the civil rights era, like never really ended. It's just because we had the Voting Rights Act, like the Civil Rights Act and voting. And it's just, you feel like you got somewhere and then it's just like, like you didn't. But I know that I'm not a front lines person. I'm not a um, a protester and marcher. And I'm working on a really, really great conversation with um, someone for you guys on that one. So hold tight on that. I don't want to dive too much into that because that's in the works. But I know that I'm a nurturer and I would absolutely be the one back in an office bagging lunches or volunteering to watch kids for, you know, I would be volunteering for childcare. I'd be, I like to use my talents in more community resource ways versus, um, like I see a lot of you guys engaging with your friends on um, Facebook or uh, different I only do Facebook and Instagram, really. But I can see where a lot of you guys are commenting or uh, posting how you're so surprised by people that are posting and just like, oh my God, I can't believe you guys feel this way. Or let me answer this question again for you guys. Or that ain't me. I've successfully blocked the majority of, I I don't think I have too many Trump supporters. There's some weird link going around on Facebook that says friends to unfollow. And apparently it says it's listed people that support Trump. But some people on that list, I highly doubt that they actually support Trump. So I don't know how credible it actually is. However, that being said, I am very good at cultivating my social media space the same way I cultivate my home. I very much so believe in protecting my peace. And I absolutely think that you guys should advocate more for yourselves and protecting your peace as well. Be careful of the social media that you ingest. Excuse me, be careful of all the the uh, media that you expose yourself to because 
you got to find that level of staying connected and staying, you know, up to date with the information that you need to have to keep yourself safe and informed. But at the same time, don't, don't make it, don't make it a point to overwhelm yourself. You have to be able to pour from a cup that's got something in it. Understand we all don't have the luxury of pouring from a full cup, but you got to have something in that bitch. So sometimes you just got to know when to cut it off. Some of you guys are very good. I had to commend one of my friends, one of my coworkers, one of the like probably three friends I actually have at work. Because a lot of people that you work with ain't your fucking friends. Um, but I had to commend him because I was reading his responses to a lot of the comments that one of my coworkers posted something. And it was um, something about the vaguely or loosely related to the rioting and protesting that was going on. So, of course, a bunch of the folks that I blocked, I didn't see their comments because blocked. But I saw the coworker that is a friend of mine. He very succinctly and articulately, God bless him, responded to each of them. Very, and I know him to be a very calm person, so I know his disposition, and I'm reading his answers and the discourse that he's having in his very kind of monotone, matter of fact uh, delivery. And I know, and it's and it gets people so upset because this man don't really raise his voice at all, and that really just drives people crazy. All that being said, God bless him because he took the time to have these conversations very, you know, calmly and diplomatically and there's no name calling and, you know, no no overt niceties or nasty, you know, exchanges. But now granted, I couldn't see what the white folks was posting, so I don't know how left they were going. But all his responses was, okay, well from what I'm seeing on your post, you really have a lot to say about the looting and the rioting, but you haven't mentioned anything about how we got here. So just want to be clear, what is it that you're, you know, what, what we're really upset about here? And no, that's not what I said. If you, you know, just reread it, I specifically said that point, 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 point. So some people have all of that energy and that patience and the uh, capacity and their grasp of words to really use their voice in a manner that educates people. Baby, I don't. I have patience for children because children aren't supposed to know better. Children are working on knowing better. The grown folks, the adults, that's where my patience runs short. I do my best. And um, leave the rest to the higher being that may be. It ain't for me. So um, I charge you to try to find what your voice in the struggle is, whether you are a nurturer like myself. Take the extra mile, smile, tell somebody to have a good day, tell them to be safe. Just give some encouraging words to a stranger, the people that you know. Reach out to your friends, reach out to your families. 
help each other, be there to support each other, put money into the black community, buy black. Um, and for those of you that have the patience, for those of you that are um, better equipped with information, or if you got those links saved on a note on your phone and you so choose to dialogue and you know have discourse with these people that are spitting out false information and you know just the um you know the white folks the the trump supporters and not just white folks you got spanish people asians they're people of there are plenty of you know different ethnicities that are with the shits in terms of speaking down Mm -hmm. the black community Plenty of black people do it as well. But I'd also offer that we don't necessarily police each other on how to experience our blackness, but we offer conversation with love and with everybody's different experiences in mind because everybody has different experiences so although you may not particularly be a fuck the police kind of motherfucker, you have to still honor the fact that some people have had absolutely nothing but horrific, terrible experiences with the police in their community. So of course they're going to say, fuck the police, because the police ain't never done anything good for them. You understand what I'm saying? So you, you got to find that balance. So I'm absolutely going to drop um, some resources, whether or not you want to donate to um, bail fund projects in, you know, your area. I know I personally have donated to Brooklyn Bailout Fund, um, whether or not you want to donate to uh, George Floyd Fund, to Black Lives Matter. I'm going to leave all those links in the description. Please, please, please look into one all something. And if you unable to financially contribute again there's also contributing your love your spirit and your support to those that need it so um that's it i love y'all so much and um i really just hope that next week and in the weeks following, that there isn't something else to be sad about. Sadly, I know that this isn't the end at all, but I'm not feeling hopeful, but I'd like to be hopeful soon. So, for the dog, before Banksy just starts her podcast, I'm a, you know... We'll cut it there. I appreciate y'all. Appreciate you guys for listening. And I absolutely want you guys to hit me up. Drop down below if you guys would leave under what conditions you would leave the country. Um, social media, hit me up, all that jazz. And um, I appreciate y'all for coming back. And I hope to see you guys next week as well. I love you. Stay safe. Be black.